Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how are you Hi. doing? I'm um, doing pretty well. Just got back from a little mini vacation over the 4th in Maine at the beach with my family, my extended family. So it was a big raucous kind of thing. Um, nice time, a little bit of rain, but uh, but good, good and restful. Yeah, yeah. Rest, restful. it's funny you say raucous, but also restful. Um, well, yeah, I know how to pull away when I have to. So yeah. I don't stay with my raucous family. We've had separate dwellings. So that made it not, it was like good time in the day, you know, and then at night retreat. So that was good. So you get, yeah. a, little, get a little mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. I just got back from Colorado, which was completely restful. Like I was just by myself. <laughs> um, that's what I needed um, just to get away and yeah. saw a friend over the weekend. Um, but for most of the week, I was just on my own. So, uh, so it was good. Good to recharge the batteries. Although it's funny how quickly it feels like they get drained again. Yeah, that's true. But um, it sounds like you had a, a nice kind of mellow time, which I'm a little envious because I think I could use one of those kind of solo vacations myself at some point during uh, the course of a full year. So I'll have to talk to you about that offline sometime. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll send you the link of where I went. Yeah, send me send me the link. I want to I want to go there. <laughs> yeah, you can you can go there. It was great. Yeah, it was really really nice, really nice. So awesome. But now we're back doing we're Bali back. again. And uh, today we're going to talk about digital transformation. It's a topic that we fielded a study on recently. So we've got a little bit of data, but we wanted to get a little bit of uh, expertise from the field too. So we're welcoming in someone that was referred to us from one of our sales teams and, and the different roundtables that they do around the country. We are pleased to welcome Marisol Angelini, who is a former executive with Coca-Cola and now is an independent director on lots of different boards for uh, small companies, large companies, doing a lot of different things. So getting a lot of different visibility into what companies are doing with their technology. So hopefully it'll give us uh, a good perspective. Welcome to the podcast, Marisol. Thank you. Thank you, Seth and Caroline. And it's a pleasure to be here uh, sharing the learning because I think the more we share, the more we get that awareness. Um, about technology, about, you know, all of the areas related to this that is coming uh, here to stay. So got to be prepared. Couldn't agree more. That's uh, that's sort of the CompTIA message as well. So it's good for us all to sort of share our, share our best practices and, and share our knowledge along the way. Can learn from everybody. Yeah, yeah. And this is a great topic to to get some knowledge on because I think it's a topic that people struggle to understand completely, you know, digital transformation. If I think about the, the way the term has been used or, or where we've seen the term pop up, I feel like it started to kind of come into its own maybe five, six, seven years ago. Uh, as companies were moving into cloud computing, they were moving into mobility, they'd already done a lot of that. And they were starting to see that there were different ways that they could apply their technology. So they started using this term digital transformation and it immediately got debated a lot, you know, of, you know, well, isn't digital transformation just what we've always been doing, always adopting new technology? Uh, and I don't know that that debate ever got settled before the pandemic hit, at which point a lot of the strategic stuff kind of went out the window. Companies were just trying to survive. And a lot of them went through some forms of digital transformation in trying to survive, but it was a much more tactical activity. And I think now coming out of that, 
we last year in re and the research team were seeing the term come up quite a bit more. So we decided to go ahead and dig into it and try to decide, you know, with all the changes in technology, what are companies doing differently now than maybe what they were doing before? So I think that's a little bit of how we've seen the term come up and evolve. Uh, Marisol, not sure if, if you've got some of your own history with the term. Yeah, and, and it's, it's history. <laughs> so I can share kind of um, my own journey. I was in Latin America in one assignment. I was the CMO uh, from one of the operations down there in Mexico. And we were looking, you know, Coca-Cola companies always looking at the consumer, always looking at what do they want, how are they consuming media. And back in 2007, um, we were looking at the ROI of the different media vehicles that we had. And, you know, mainly television um, or print or, or at that point out of home. And then suddenly we see that a lot of these new consumers were beginning to use their phones and use uh, websites and use, you know, the, the whole digital um, media was beginning to expand. So we started looking, I mean, that created kind of an awareness for the company, for me as, as the CMO of that division, but also for the company was looking into that. And then at that point, Mexico was a, a very important operation for the Coca-Cola company worldwide. And at that point, then I agreed with my boss that we needed to do something. And we had no idea what it was, but he was very um, progressive and also in his thinking about embracing technology um, early on. And then so he said, yeah, let's go try and see what happens. So I, within Coca-Cola, I made some changes in the organization. I also contracted agencies that were pioneers in the space and said, I am somebody who wants to get into the space. I have no idea. I'm looking for people who are experts and help me do this. Um, at the same time, I also talked to other companies like Coca-Cola that were not competitors. And we said, listen, this is something that is bubbling up. The sooner we get in, the faster we learn and then you know we can we can really see what is it that's going to work for for our business so we coined it digital it was like a digital transformation back then um, and it was very limited to the marketing area so it was you know very contained uh, we did some some trial we hired people with different skill sets in the space i i you know, use some agencies to help me. Um, and the good thing is that I had a, a boss who was very open into if everything flops, that will be okay. You just need to tell me what the learnings are. So I was really inspired. And I think we tried a lot of things. Um, and then once we did that in the Mexican division, then we started getting those practices out to other regions um, across the world. So it was contained in marketing. And then suddenly we see that other things were popping up also in the digital space. So therefore, in my very last assignment um, back in 2016, I started being, uh, being a part of the team that was doing business transformation. So the, the term digital kind of went away. And then we now were using business transformation because that digital you know, to call it one way, that, that embracing of that technology um, really was spanning across every area of the business. And I'm going to stop here. I mean, that's been kind of my journey, but I'm going to stop here to see whether, 
you know, that's something you've seen in other places as well. Well, I, I find it very interesting that you just, you know, you transition to the terminology business transformation away from digital, because one of the things that we really see with innovative companies and the way to use technology is to make it a business function and make it all about the business outcome, not about the technology itself, but about what the technology under the underlying technology can do and be used for to drive business outcomes. And, and so I, I think it seems like a very, um, you know, a small change to the terminology, but I think a very important one and one that we see in other areas as well. It sounds to me like Coca-Cola allowed you to be innovative and was pretty good about letting you play in the sandbox with the, with the technology. And if you failed, like you said, it was going to be okay. Um, and, and that's one of the things I think, Seth, we found in our research was one of the drivers to sort of aggressive adoption of technology was companies that were tech savvy and were willing to do innovation and kind of willing to take chances. Um, you're on a lot of boards. Do you see differences in the type of companies that you work with where others might not be quite as progressive in how they approach technology? And you know, what do you see in the landscape when it involves multiple types of companies and, and who is sort of at the forefront and who is lagging? So I do sit on a few companies and I think they're in different stages. So businesses that I think every business is going to be touched by the technology, you know, mm -hmm. one way or another, one area or another will be that. Um, I sit on the board of a company who has an area that is fully about technology and precision um, kind of business. So therefore, they're using technology in that particular area. And some of the other areas, they're not as aggressive. But as I recall, um, kind of one of the learnings in, in my journey with Coca-Cola was the fact that we very quickly, when we saw that this was here to stay and it was really an enabler for the business and something that we were going to be doing and leveraging, uh, that digital kind of media and communication with consumers, we immediately trained the whole area and then as you start building capabilities, suddenly, you know, people talk from different areas and there's like a cross communication of, oh, we're doing digital. And then somebody in supply chain says, oh, marketing is doing this and that. And suddenly you get this awareness of there's something coming that is helping one area. And because areas are inter interdependent, I think people start getting curious about it and then some people start saying i want to be trained too and some people start really investigating how can that technology be applied in my area too so i think it was kind of a cascading effect mm -hmm. um, once we build that capability and i think that some companies that are not building that capability uh, but only in a contained area will not benefit from from really you know advancing more quickly is what i see um, of course, I'm, I'm very excited about technology and I love the fact that, you know, we can we can really accelerate different companies to get into technology and embrace it. So I particularly talk about technology in every single meeting. <laughs> I'm always finding articles that I can share with people and have them kind of use it or, or at least start looking at how can they they leverage it. Yeah, I, I think when I hear you describing your journey and some of your experiences and what you're seeing now, the one thing that I feel like I keep hearing over and over again is that everyone is really at the table making a lot of these decisions together. It's a very collaborative experience. 
And it has to be that way because the technology and the business have become so intertwined, whether you call it digital transformation or business transformation, the, the two things are kind of happening at the same time. Uh, and, and you kind of have to have everyone there. And I think that leads into the, the components that we're starting to define of digital transformation. You know, you've talked a lot already about how your boss was uh, very open to evaluating technology. And I think that evaluation and adoption and kind of restructuring in order to do that evaluation is the first step for a lot of companies. But then we get into these four areas of technology and I'll split them into two groups of two because I think the first two are more traditional pieces of IT or information technology or enterprise technology. And the second two probably start to spread out a little bit more to the rest of the organization. Again, everyone's at the table here, but the, the first two I think are around infrastructure and software, where if, if we look at those two areas that a lot of companies have been doing for a, a long time now, uh, even as companies have moved away from packaged applications into doing some of their own software, those are still kind of concentrated in the hardcore technology expertise uh, specialists. Uh, whether that's the IT department or maybe software developers would be spread throughout uh, different organizations. But I, I think that's still kind of a concentrated technology area. And what we see with those two is that companies are having to move to a cloud-based infrastructure, which they've been doing for some time now and continuing to learn what that looks like. And then they're moving to software-defined processes. And this is why we've seen such an explosion in software development, because companies are moving beyond those packaged applications to try to do customization or automation or improve their internal tooling. They're not just building software for external facing or external consumption. They're trying to do a lot internally with it. And, and as much as that might drive into the rest of the organization, a lot of the nuts and bolts of that are concentrated, I think, within those technical specialists. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about those first two areas and kind of see that in, even in the marketing activities that you might've been doing, is there a pretty significant impact on the back end for infrastructure and software? And, and you're absolutely right. And I think it has to do with something even bigger. You know, when when the the weight of the decision making it's in an area and a concentrated area, there's always um, kind of risk aversion too. It's like all of the capital that is needed to to raise that infrastructure is in their hands. And I think as, as I've seen the evolution of that, um, the more you get leadership and the mindset of the organization to change quickly, then the quicker you get, you know, all of those IT departments to really share, you know, what the, the decisions are being made, where the capital is being allocated and, and to be um, safe, to be, to be reassured that, even if something becomes obsolete and, you know, they now have to change again, that it's okay. Because there's a cost of kind of being a pioneer in embracing technology, you know, whether it's software, whether it's going to the cloud, you know, and the risk associated with that. I think it's, that's what's kind of been a break in companies really moving faster than they have. Uh, because everybody is afraid that they're going to be the pioneers and then there's a cost to pay for that. Um, the other thing, though, is that as people are moving and this whole technology and or different areas go and use the same infrastructure, software uh, that can be shared across different areas in different companies, then 
the more familiar it's going to become. And then that, that will ease up, I think, this fear that, you know, are we investing and are we throwing the money, uh, you know, much money? Because there's, there's going to be a lot of criticism out there for the pioneers. You know, if something, if somebody goes and make a move, and then because of that, they learn that that wasn't as effective um, or as efficient, then therefore there's going to be criticism. So I think all of that dynamic on the mindsets needs to be a piece that I think needs to be communicated broadly across the organization. And even for public companies, it should, it should be communicated out there um, to shareholders even. Because when a company decides to be a pioneer and embrace something that, you know, for sure is going to make an impact on the company's business and profits, then the more they talk about it um, so that they know that some things are not going to be right, the more I think they're going to be, they're going to feel empowered to go try um, these new technologies. So I'm all for, yes, we need to move on. And we need to get um, money and resources and people and training and capability into um, the space so that it can be accelerated. So that's okay. what I live with, which I, I think is great. <laughs> uh, okay, we, Seth, did you want to go through the other two areas? I think yeah, I think the other two size. then are where companies are more focused on these days because it's a point of competitive differentiation, right? So, and also keeping things safe. So the, the competitive differentiation comes with data where mm -hmm. so many companies are trying to move towards data-driven decision-making uh -huh. and then keeping things safe is with cybersecurity where more and more companies are trying to raise cybersecurity awareness within their operations. Uh, and I think Marisol, like you said, uh, these things take a little bit more investment. They take time, they take changing processes, but I, I think that all of these components together are, are the things that are, are changing business. And it's not any one of them. I don't think a company would say, well, we're trying to get into data. Well, if you're trying to get into data, you probably have to do the other things as well. So it, so it all plays together. But I, I think these last two areas uh, kind of complete the picture of, of companies trying to invest more in data, trying to spread that data throughout the organization, and then trying to make sure that the entire system is wrapped in cybersecurity. And, and you're right. I think the data-driven decisions is something also that we've been hearing. I've been hearing, I've been experiencing when I was in my executive role, um, and I see it now um, in the companies that I serve. So everybody's kind of saying, okay, we need to accelerate the way that we make decisions and then data-driven, you know, data to make the analysis and and look at the uh, different options before they make decisions. I think it's something that is already spread out in, in every company. I think that companies that started doing that, um, again, it's like you start in, a, in an area and then the more you practice and the more you can then now roll out those learnings and um, the better it's going to become. Now there's new technology with artificial intelligence, which is out there for everybody to grab with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we've heard about the, you know, the risks of some decision-making um, that is left um, only on, on artificial, artificial intelligence, you know, algorithms and stuff, I think. And I think that companies need to embrace the technology, even if there's some bad rap about it, 
um, and then do their own due diligence internally to kind of counteract some of those, I'm going to call it mistakes that may happen. So I think that as, as we embrace technology, we need to be prudent too. You know, it, it is, it's kind of making decisions that are also sound for a business. You cannot risk it all, but you can learn. And then if that works, then, you know, start rolling that out as quickly um, as you can. So I think I, I really like what I have seen on artificial intelligence, but I've also read the risks associated with it. So people are beginning to say, okay, then I'll let others try. I think businesses who say, I'm going to be the one trying, but I'm going to have, you know, plan B or plan C, or I'm going to be doing certain decisions and not others, and really go through and scrutinize the output to make sure that, you know, what's the level of automation that they can they can use it as they embrace that technology as an example, I think those are the companies that are going to come out faster and better because they're going to be using a competitive advantage uh, first than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I think it's right to get into the space and do it, but people need to invest in doing it in a, in a prudent manner, depending on what decisions and in what area they're going to be making those decisions. So... So um, you've mentioned uh, artificial intelligence, obviously, and automation, which are two big pieces, I think, you know, in the future for digital transformation in general. You've also mentioned, though, the importance of training, which I'm assuming is for the humans who work at companies and the workforce. So I'm thinking about we've talked about collaboration and how, you know, digital transformation is really going to be relying on everybody within an organization. Um, in your experience with the companies that you've seen, um, how well or not well are they incorporating their workforce into this effort altogether? You know, you have your IT department. They're obviously at the crux of things. You've got, you know, the boardroom and you've got the CEO's office and, and hopefully the top down leadership is where this is all coming from. But then you've got your rank and file employees and, and everybody in the middle there. Um, how important is it and what are you seeing with the companies you work with for everybody to be on board and, and involved? Um, I think it's important that it be an agile process because as you embrace a new technology, let's say artificial intelligence, probably there's going to be very contained. Just a few people, a few scientists, you know, are dealing with it. But the more these people are putting the job description create awareness of this to others, whether it's others within the department or others in adjacent areas or others across the whole organization in, you know, in, even in, a, in a, a monthly meeting where they come and say, you know, we're experimenting with this. Um, I think that creating that awareness is, it, it needs to be done immediately almost. Uh, because as I said, then it creates kind of that awareness that what I hear from outside, my company is doing, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. So all of it. Um, and then companies who start very early with a very conscious program of training deployment. So they go, the first people that need to be trained are, you know, either this area or this level. Um, the second one, it, and it changes for some companies, it may be top down, for some companies, maybe bottom up. So it depends on, on the type of business that we're talking about. But the, the, the quicker the company has a very 
intentional training program for the whole organization, then the better off they're going to be. Um, because, you know, I, like if you look at the, the, the you know, war in talent, some of what these new generations want to get from companies is training, is mm -hmm. upskilling. So it's actually a benefit that they can, you know, give their people so that they can operate better, they can make better decisions, but that they feel more engaged with the company because they're being upskilled on upskilled on things that, you know, are going to be necessary um, sooner rather than later. So I think it's a it's a win-win for everybody. Great. Well, that's probably a good place to land the discussion here. I mean, I think we've covered a lot of things and it kind of sheds light on how complex the situation has gotten. And I, I think to circle back to where we started, whether we're talking about digital transformation or business transformation, the, the key is that we're, we're changing the way that things get done, whether that is how companies collaborate with each other to determine what technology is going to be applied to what problems or how they invest or how they consider and address their skills gaps. All of those things are changing because technology has been integrated now with the operations in a, in a different way, in a, in a more comprehensive way. So, you know, I, I think the label um, is pretty broad and, and covers a lot of ground, but I think it really is interesting to dig into the nuts and bolts of what's happening at these companies because so much is changing as things are getting more strategic. So uh, thanks Marisol very much for, for lending your insights into that. I think that uh, shed you know a lot more light on just the data that we collect. So that was great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Seth and Caroline. And thanks as always to our producer, Andrew McMillan. Uh, Carolyn, it was great to see you again. We're back to the grind now. So I will yeah. see you again in a couple of weeks. Sounds great. Thanks.